Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for well-qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. The following program has been pre-recorded. Thanks for tuning in this weekend to Let's Talk Portland, Odyssey Portland's weekly public affairs program. I'm Gary Bloxham. On the show this time, I'd like to welcome Julian Dillon. Julian is the Executive Director for the American Lung Association in Oregon. Hey there, Julian. Welcome hey to Let's there. Talk Portland. Thank you so much for having me along. Yeah, so you are the Executive Director of the American Lung Association in Oregon. And you're relatively new to that role, right? That is correct. I actually took over this role about three years ago. Before that, I was working for, as they say, another nonprofit. Uh, down in Southern California, where the weather is a lot sunnier than here at the moment. Um, <laughs> and uh, so, yes, I moved. Actually, my first day was the 16th of March 2020, which a lot of people are at this moment are going, oh, because that was the day everything yeah. was shut down. That was COVID. kind of doomsday, wasn't it? So it was an interesting time to start a new job. Uh, have you adjusted to the weather here in Oregon? Has well, you're probably gathering from my accent that I originally came from somewhere a little further east than Oregon. So yeah. for in, in Ireland, the weather is pretty similar to this. So uh, in that respect, it's sort of coming home after a couple of decades in Southern California. Well, we here in Oregon, we welcome you. Well, thank you so much. <laughs> Let's talk about the American Lung Association. Tell me, tell me about it. I think it, probably everybody's familiar with the, with the organization to it a little bit. They probably are, but most people are not familiar with the breadth of what we do. So it's actually almost 120, it will be 120 years old next year. The American Lung Association started as an organization to combat TB. And TB is almost eradicated, but not entirely within the US, thanks to the start the American Lung Association made. After that, over the decades, they expanded into various different lung diseases. And right now, we actually have 45 lung diseases. Oh. A couple of years ago, I'd have said 44, but then along came COVID. Along the way, we became uh, very involved with the establishment of the Environment Protection Agency. We've been involved in some, uh, for example, something that some of your younger listeners would be probably quite surprised to know, that people used to smoke on airplanes. And we were very involved in actually getting rid of that because the, obviously the health hazards for not just the people on the plane, but the crew working the plane who were dealing with this every day were extraordinary. We've been involved with uh, infant cot death syndrome as well, um, and the numbers of that have dropped considerably. We issue some incredible signature reports. Uh, our most significant report is actually coming out tomorrow, which is the State of the Air Report. So this reflects our interest in clean air for everybody. And what you can do with this report is you can go in and you can put in your county or zip code. 
and it will either tell you exactly what the report is for your county or if we didn't manage to grab that county because we can't get every county every year, um, you'll get a comparable county nearby. And it won't just tell you what, say, the particulate matter numbers are. It will tell you how that compares to the previous time it was measured because that, that's part of the thing. You can, you can look at something and think, oh, this is great, we're doing fine here. But then you look back a year or so and you discover the number was better a couple yeah. of years ago. So in actual fact, then you realise, no, it's not great. You're heading in the wrong direction. But hopefully we see the opposite as well. And we do from time to time where there are improvements. Yeah, you mean predictions as to what this report's going to show? I can't say that. There is an absolute embargo um, until it's released at midnight. Tonight. Mum's the word. Mum's the word, indeed. <laughs> Mm. We're talking today with Julian Dillon, Executive Director for the American Lung Association in Oregon. Um, how important was the American Lung Association during the COVID pandemic? Very important. There, there became an issue where people did not necessarily trust all the information they were hearing through media. And there was a certain reluctance to trust some in certain areas, some scientific information. So we really have this reputation as being very trusted, a place to go where our information is entirely science-based. So I think this was the first and most important thing that we did, was help communities go to their community members and explain to them, no, you should get tested, and the vaccines are okay, you should get a vaccine, and basically help message that, and that because that was quite an uphill battle for a while in certain yeah. communities. But we also, we have, like, for example, since just um, 2000, we have put in close, it's $198 million worth of funds into research. One of those projects was actually already happening when COVID came along, and it was looking into one of the many pieces of the jigsaw puzzle that came up with the vaccine. Fascinating. I, it, the last couple of years have been remarkable. Right. Mm -hmm. I'm so glad we're on this side of it. Yeah. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> and we have a great deal of supporters who, who really got involved with us so that when we did events, they, they totally understood, you know, keep social distancing and all of that and understood how we had to turn our events on our on their head, basically, to try to make it work within the limitations of all the different counties and their health protocols, which, of course, we wanted to follow along with our own protocols. Yeah, a lot, a lot of stuff was happening. It was just crazy. I'm looking at one of your websites here and it says, join us on our mission to make a difference for everyone who breathes. <laughs> well, that's uh, that's uh, well, a big you know, swath the, of people. It is. And, and the other way we look at that, if you can't breathe, nothing else matters. And this is why lung health is so important because... It, I, I don't obviously ever want to get into a which disease is more significant than others, but this is like the front of everything. Whatever else is going on in your life, you're not going to be able to do anything about it if you don't have lungs that power you, if, if you're not breathing correctly, and if you're not breathing good air. That's the other thing. Yeah. The level of disparities between different areas in terms of the quality of the air it, it can be quite staggering, and it can be when you are living next to a railway line, a freeway, and an industrial area. And unfortunately, those tend to be people in the lower economic brackets that end up living in those areas and people from minority communities. 
But an example, um, not this summer gone by, the summer before when we had that incredible heat wave, there was a 20 degree difference between two neighbourhoods inside the city of Portland on the same day in terms of heat. Wow. And it comes down to, one, there's more greenery, there's more space between the buildings. The other, it's all cement paving, buildings jammed together, so there's far more heat being generated, basically bounced back up from the ground as opposed to having vegetation, etc., that can shade and absorb. Wow, that's uh, that's interesting in 20-degree difference. 20-degree difference. Wow. Uh, Julie, on, on TV lately, I've been seeing a lot of uh, anti-smoking and, and smoking cessation commercials. Are, is the American Lung Association involved in that? Very much. Um, and why all of a sudden? Well, because vaping and flavored... Okay. Um, flavored tobacco has suddenly become a big thing. So I think you could say that the anti-smoking lobby, if you like, was winning the battle. Numbers of people using tobacco were going down. Then along comes flavored tobacco, vaping, etc. And this in particular is very attractive to our younger friends, um, kids, teenagers, middle schoolers, high schoolers. This is something that's seen as sort of, in, you know, not a threat the way lighting up a cigarette was. It's also something, frankly, that can be done in a very kind of hidden way, but hidden in front of you. There was another state that ran this extraordinary commercial which showed two teenage girls chatting in one of the girls' bedrooms, you know, talking cute about something or other, a boy or something like that. And that's all you looked at. And then it, the vo- it stopped and the voice said, you missed it. And they re-ran the same piece again. And what this time you noticed was one of these young kids pulled what looks like what we used to call an old thumb drive out of the side of the laptop, put it in her mouth, inhaled and put it back in. And you didn't even see it the first time. Wow. And that was a device that was bringing tobacco to those young lungs. That's crazy. And it, it's uh, easy to hide vaping too because it doesn't smell like a cigarette smells. It smells, exactly. can smell like candy or, yeah. or fruit or something like that. You know, yeah. It's, Wow. So you have a big event coming up. Um, We do. Reach the Beach. Tell me about Reach the Beach. So Reach the Beach is in its 33rd year, and this is such an exciting event. It is a bike ride, but it's set up so that anybody with a bike can do this. So we have a hundred mile or a full century, as we call it. And this is where people will ride from Sauvie Island. They will end up in Astoria. They will ride up over the mountains through Vernonia and Jewel Mist all along Beautiful. that way. Beautiful way to ride. Um, and those will be more experienced athletes or people for whom this is a kind of a bucket list thing and they've trained. But then we have shorter lengths. You can start in Vernonia. You can start in Jewel. Or if really all that mountain climbing and cycling out there is too much for you, We have a very simple ride that you can do that starts and ends in Astoria. So you'll show up in Astoria, you'll ride about eight miles out, eight miles back, along the flat pathway that goes along the side of the lower Columbia River. Well, you've been doing this ride for how many years? 33 years. But this is the first year we're doing this route. So we had a route that started on the other side of Portland and went a little bit further down the coast where where it came to the beach. We decided this year we wanted to change it up to something different. We're coming out of COVID. We feel like people need a new experience and something exciting and different and not going back to what we were doing before. So we looked around and this seemed like the most exciting way to do it. And I have to say, big shout out to 
anybody from the community of Astoria down there because they've been so welcoming and it's such a cool town and such a great place. Yeah. And we're really looking forward to being there. Historic. Astoria is so historic. It really is. Yeah. Um, when is the, is, is it a race or is it just a ride? It's, we're careful to say it's a ride. Okay. Not a race because we want people to ride at their own pace and to ride safely. And there, there are other opportunities for cyclists to race. And it's on May the 20th. How can people register? They can go to reachthebeachor.org. Well, that's easy. It's as simple as that. Yeah. And they can form a team which can be based around people they work with, can be based around a, a social group, a community group, family. Yeah, who, who, is there, are there age restrictions? No. It, it's really about what, I mean, for example, we did a training ride yesterday, um, excuse me, on Sunday, and... One of the riders there is 10 years old. He's going to ride 100 miles. But wait for it. This is the third year he's done 100 miles. You're kidding. 10 years old. 10 years old <laughs> with his parents. And so cool about it. Like, oh, yeah. yeah. And he indeed rides that. And he really does. He's I'm, not in a backpack or something. No, 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 no. I remember him from a few, the f two years ago, I remember coming across him at one of our rest stops, sitting quietly under a tree with his parents recovering from the previous 80 miles or what he'd just done and, and really having to ask a couple of times to, to be sure I was hearing what I was hearing. That's a remarkable 10-year-old. Incredible. Wow. <laughs> I love that. We're talking today with Julian Dillon, Executive Director for the American Lung Association in Oregon. Now, the, the Reach the Beach is a, a big fundraiser, right? It absolutely is. Um, and it's, it's done between a combination of incredible sponsors who come in and help us out. Uh, and then people will will self-select to raise funds for us. So it's what we call peer-to-peer, -peer, which is basically you go, you tell people, I'm riding 100 miles or 65 miles, will you sponsor me? Okay. And people can, everybody gets their own web page when they sign up, and you simply go to that web page. So you would go to reachthebeachor.org, look up Gary, and find, find your web page if you were doing it, and then you'd make a donation there. And it's okay. as simple as buying anything online. And Excellent. that's how most people do it. And, yeah. and people, it's very moving if you look at people's web pages because you will see, yes, some people raise an incredible amount, but not everybody has that ability or exists in that community. But you will see people where there's just donation after donation of $10, $15, maybe the odd 25 or 50. And you know they have just gone through their entire phone book. Yeah. How much are you hoping to raise? Over 500000 Oh, wow. That's a lot. And where, where does this money, how is it used? Um, it goes back to our mission. So it will, it depends on what the priorities are. So during COVID, we had decided that we wanted to create a $25 million fund to tackle COVID. So a lot of the money went into that. But we also wanted to continue to fund research for all the other lung diseases that are out there. We wanted to continue to fund our tobacco cessation programs. We wanted to continue. We have a program like the Better Breathers Club, which is for people with asthma. 11% of the state have asthma. So we wanted, while we, yes, we wanted to put a lot of money and effort into COVID, we wanted to make absolutely certain that we didn't come out at the other end of COVID and discover all these other folks who are dealing with asthma or COPD or, or you name it, have been just sort of shunted to one side and left. What kind of research is being done right now? Well, an example of something that I find really interesting that's happening locally, so it's happening just across the, uh, the state line in Washington, 
where they are looking into the quality of air in rural communities and how that is impacting farm workers in those communities. Because where this came from was during the early days of COVID, they discovered that people who were admitted to a hospital with COVID or with lungs in distress had a worse outcome if they came from areas with bad air. So, you know, for me, a city boy, I associate bad air with what I mentioned earlier, living next to a freeway or something like that. But this this team said, well, hold on, we also have to deal with the quality of the air in agricultural areas and rural areas, and we cannot forget those communities in all our research. So they are been spending the last couple of years interviewing, finding candidates to really drill down on exactly what's going on in their lives, what exactly is going into their lungs and their family's lungs. And, you know, information is half the battle. This will help us in the future figure out how better to treat people coming into the into the hospital with lungs in, in any kind of distress. Yeah. Um, a big thing right now is talking about climate change, right? And mm-hmm. allergies and allergy season seems to be longer, a little bit worse. Um, is the American Lung Association involved with any of that? Yes. Um, our primary thing is to be involved with trying to improve the quality of air that people breathe. Some allergies obviously are coming from nature, if you like. Mm-hmm. You know, it, we've all seen the ads on TV. Um, but then there are other allergies that are environmentally caused by whatever is going on in the building, the quality of the air. Um, so our big thing really is to come at it at the the... The, the gateway to all of this, which is the quality of the air you're breathing, and to encourage, I mean, for example, encouraging electric vehicles. You know, that's a big thing that we do um, because that will lower the number of vehicles that are out there that are actually originally um, gas-generated engines. Oh. You talked a little bit uh, earlier about, uh, remember the old days when people could smoke on an airplane or smoke in your office or anything like that. And when COVID came about, a lot of, offices and businesses put in better uh, air circulation systems. Uh, Is indoor air better now than it used to be? To be honest with you, I don't know the answer to that. I do know you are correct that, A, they're putting in better systems. In a lot of buildings, there are less people in those buildings. So the air that's being circulated is going into less lungs and... So there is that change. I, I, you know, this is an ongoing journey where I was just reading the other day about office buildings that continue to be unoccupied and they were talking about, well, can they be converted into a place where people can live? And so that what that tells me is this is an ongoing discussion because I don't think we've landed where we're going to land in terms of how many people work in an office and who works from home. Mm. I think we're also just discovering what can and can't be done when people have a remote office. And I think overall, people, I think, are finding it's more successful than they thought it would be. I oh, yeah, imagine for sure. Five years ago, I think, if you had said to your boss so everyone could work from home, they would have laughed at you. <laughs> and you won't have a job. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, we work from home still, at kind of a hybrid, mm. and it's uh, one of those things that I never thought I'd ever enjoy working from home. And I... Got to to kind of like it. Yeah, I absolutely agree. Yeah. Um, what's the air quality like in the Portland metro area? Is it compared to other parts of the United States? So Portland is not too bad. The, 
So I'm going back a few years, but I think it's something like 14 out of the 20 worst cities for air quality are on the West Coast or in the West Coast region. Portland is not one of those. Interestingly enough, the city with the worst air quality, and again, this could change in the report coming out tomorrow, is Fairbanks in Alaska, which oh, really? you probably would never, ever think. Everybody would have guessed L.A. Yeah, exactly. And which is sort of what brings me back to the, what's so interesting about what I talked about earlier, which is this research project that decided to go look at air quality basically in a field full of cows where people live in that area and not in an urban area. And yes, Fairbanks, it's a city, it's an urban area, but like like you, my thought of how could you possibly have bad air in Alaska? It's yeah. all snow and open fjords and, you know, that's and, what we think of. And that seems seemingly less people. Yeah, way less people, but there you <clears> go. And then some of the other cities, you know, are cities scattered through Southern California and Northern California, and that wouldn't necessarily surprise you. Um, but the Fairbanks one totally blew yeah, my mind. Yeah, that is really quite surprising. Let's talk a little bit more about the event coming up, the Reach the Beach event. Um, when is it again? So it's May 20th. Um, it's, it will include, when you get there, we, first of all, we have lots of fabulous food along the way and snacks and, and The whole route, you mean? Stuff. Yeah. Oh, well, nice. Yeah, we would have a stop about an average of about 12 to 15 miles. Some of them we have more solid food than others to, you know, to really help people fuel up, as they say. When you get to the end of Astoria, we have all sorts of exciting things going on. We have uh, free food for all our cyclists, a wonderful big uh, lunch provided by local caterers. We have a beer garden provided by the wonderful Bowie Beer. We have cocktails, we have wine, we have incredible health fair being run by Columbia Memorial Hospital, which is the hospital in Astoria and who are really doing an amazing amount of work for the lung health of the Astoria community. Um, And then it's an opportunity to spend the weekend down there. Yeah, I was kind of wondering about that. If you ride your bike all the way to Astoria, how do you get home? Do you have to ride your bike home? (laughs) We have buses. Okay. So you can purchase a ticket to get on a bus to go back to wherever your car was. But a lot of people will actually, funnily enough, get friends, family. They'll go to us, drive to Astoria on Friday. Friends and the family will spend the weekend there. They will get a ride back to, almost all the way back to Portland, sometimes yeah. to Soviet Island. Then they'll cycle back and spend the rest of the weekend enjoying all the incredible hospitality that Astoria has to offer. Yeah. Okay, any predictions on what the weather's going to be like on May 20th? This is the oddest thing. I was down there the other day and somebody from Bowie Beer pronounced with absolute certainty that the temperature would be 61 degrees. I have no idea how (laughs) they can tell that it's going to be 61 degrees that far in advance, but they were very certain about this. (laughs) Now, this is a fundraiser, so... uh you want to have people raise some money. That, and how do they, how do they register and, and start fundraising? So very simple. You go to reachthebeachor.org. You hit the register button. Then you can start a team or you can register as an individual. Or if a friend of yours has started a team, you can click join a team. Once you've done that, it, you will go through a process where they will look for your name, address, usual stuff like that. And then after that, you get your own website. And built into the website is the ability to connect with Facebook, which can be really key for fundraising. Yeah, because yeah. The, key, the, th- the thing about social media is if you were to pick 20, 30 people that you would send an email out to, say, or make a phone call to, to fundraise, 
there would be people that you would never think of who would just turn around and make a donation, who would see something on social media. And these are often roommates from years ago. Um, one of my favorite stories at the last place I used to work was a guy who was completely astonished when he got a very generous donation from his ex-wife. Oh. And judging by the look on his face, I don't think that marriage ended very well. <laughs> you know, so it's, it, it, you just don't know who's going to see it if you put it on social media. But you would then also, we provide templates for emails that you can send straight out from your web page or you can cut and paste them into your, your regular um, web page, your regular email. There's an interesting statistic, which is the number one reason why people do not give to any charity is because they're not asked. So if you flip that on your head, the number one way that you will be able to raise funds really easy is just ask. It's that simple. That's, that's great advice. Because to come back to what we were talking about earlier about, about you know, if, if, if you can't breathe, nothing else matters. Everyone has a pair of lungs. Everyone cares about their lungs. Yeah. And a lot of people, particularly the younger generation, care a lot about clean air. As you get on a bit in life, you start to care. Yes, you care about that, but you also care more about diseases. You care about COPD. You care about um, lung cancer. Um, and all of these diseases are in, addressed in great detail and very helpful detail on our organization's main website, which is lung.org. Excellent. So anyone out there wondering about COPD, for example, go look at the COPD pages. It's extraordinary what's on there. It's a wealth of information. Yeah, yeah. Well, Reach the Beach is coming up on May 20th. It's going to be a great event. And we've been talking today with Julian Dillon, who's the Executive Director for the American Lung Association in Oregon. Julian, thanks. Thank you so much. See you at Reach the Beach. If you'd like to hear this interview again, just search for Let's Talk Portland on the Odyssey app. Let's Talk Portland is an Odyssey Portland public affairs program. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. T-Mobile.com. Listen to every MLB game live. In the deep left center field, it is high, it is far, it is gone. Stream minor league affiliates. The Midwest League home run leader. And watch the best baseball highlights and look-ins on MLB Big Inning. MLB at bat is your all-in-one live baseball subscription for only $3.99 per month. Deep left field, it's going to go. Alvarez ties the game. Subscribe to at bat within the MLB app today. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission.